What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we've got the midseason of the NFL to recap. We're going to share a couple teams where we got right, where we got wrong. Uh, we've got, in my opinion, the game of the year to review between the Ravens and Steelers. We've got two NBA rebuilds and another week at the lockboard. If you caught last week's episode, uh, Eric's going to be talking about something. I'm, I'm curious to see what that'll be about. But let me introduce you now to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And uh, still riding on the uh, undefeated train for the Steelers, uh, nearly giving me a heart attack in the process, but um, still undefeated. And uh, thankfully, we have a much less punishing strength, uh, part of the schedule coming up here pretty soon. And then uh, I was happy with my lock board, except out of all the things to keep me from being perfect, my safe pick, quote-unquote safe pick, failed me. So, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. And the only thing that kept me from having a perfect score on the lock board was every team I picked sucked. So, <laughs> so. Uh, I'm really hoping I can have a turnaround. I mean, this is just uh, several aspects of sports, uh, whether it's my own predictions or fantasy or my real-life teams. Uh, it hasn't been the greatest season, but in certain things, I can still turn it around. So hopefully I can do that. But looking forward to the episode. Yeah. What's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, Pat's game was definitely a bit of a downer this week. Um, almost had the bills, but... At least my lock board did a lot better than uh, than usual this week. Got six points out of it, so I'm happy with that, and I'm excited to um, talk with these guys tonight. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah. So as always, we'll go around the shield, and I'll let Connor introduce uh, the topic. And if you're watching on YouTube, you might not know at all what this means, but he will explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a. Three nice-looking emojis here. Um, we have a, a check mark, a X, and a surprise-looking face. So basically, Zach alluded to this at the beginning. Um, we're basically going to take one team that we got right in our predictions at the start. We're going to take one team we got wrong, and one team that we were surprised about. Like you know, I get surprise kind of falls in between right and wrong, just like something we really didn't expect. So um, we did do this last year, uh, where we all kind of picked like a team like that, but. We decided that this time we were just going to do a consensus. Um, so just running through them pretty really quickly. For the team we got right, we've got the Seattle Seahawks. For the team we've got wrong, we got the Minnesota Vikings. And then for the surprise team, we've got the New England Patriots. So I'm going to start off talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, obviously, going into this season, not only did, out of the four of us, only we, three of us picked them to win the division. Only Eric uh, chose them to come in second, but still second place. But all of us, and then not only did three out of the four of us pick them to win their division, three out of the four of us actually have them in the Super Bowl. Um, Zach had them in the NFC Championship game. And I was the only one out of the three that had them in the Super Bowl that had them winning. So um, definitely looking good this year. I expected a good season out of them. I know. They're obviously in that tough division with the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Um, you know, anything can happen that in that division. They're certainly... I don't know if they're the best team in the division right now. Um, the Cardinals are... It's kind of between them and the Cardinals right now, since the Cardinals did beat them. So the biggest thing for the Seahawks is obviously their defense. Like, their offense is second to none. Russell Wilson's still looking like the MVP. Um but it's obviously that defense is so putrid that, you know, if they can't get that fixed up, then they're going to need to, they're probably not going to be winning the Super Bowl. So if they can just fix some small things on their defense, then they're going to be headed for a deep playoff run. And they're already in a fantastic position right now. Um, I think the only team, their only loss was to the Cardinals before that they were undefeated. So, and I know they've got a, a pretty interesting matchup coming up this next week against the Bills. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they perform in that game. I know the Bills have been struggling a bit recently after they were expected to be, you know, one of the top teams in the AFC this year. So the Seahawks really need a good game um, to kind of 
still prove that they are in that Super Bowl contender, NFC title game contender spot. But if they if they win by a good amount in that game, then I will be fully like my confidence in them has been shaken slightly. But um, if they win that game by a good margin, then I'll be all back on the Seattle train in the NFC. So um, not too much else to talk about with the Seahawks, but I'll move on to Eric for the team that we all got wrong for the most part. And that was the Minnesota Vikings. Eric. It's uh, Sorry, Eric. I had to okay. Mic for a second. Uh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so going into the season, um, we always do our divisional predictions and everything. And uh, the other guys all had Minnesota winning the division. I was the only one that didn't, but I still had them finishing second place in the division. I felt like it was a pretty top-heavy division with them in Green Bay and then Detroit and Chicago at the bottom. But Minnesota has been a bit of a surprise. I mean, up until that win against Green Bay just yesterday, their season was looking really abysmal. And it seemed to me like early on in the season they – we're really missing having Stefan Diggs out there. Kirk Cousins, for the most part this year, has not been playing that well. And their defense is, has not been as good as it used to be. So I was very surprised to see how bad Minnesota had been doing. Now, maybe after that win against Green Bay, maybe they start to turn things around. But, you know, like I said, we all had them finishing first or second. So with them you know, being at the bottom, this has definitely been one we got wrong and are not proud of. <laughs> hey, at least it's still it's still not as bad as the uh, Falcons Super Bowl pick that I made last year. So. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. We, <laughs> no, no, at least that, not a... we have that for now. But yes, yeah, so <laughs> Nate is going to talk about our uh, most surprising uh, team so far. Yeah, so the team that's definitely surprised all of us, um, me especially, was has been the New England Patriots. Um, there's been a whole lot of issues with them this year. We, um, I'm trying to remember what we all had. Um, I know I had them picked to finish higher than everybody else had picked yeah, them. Yeah, we all had them second. You had them first. Okay, yeah, second and first in the AFC East. Not that they're going to be Super Bowl contenders or anything, but um, definitely expect them to be better than uh, two and six at this point in the season. Um, there's a whole lot of issues here. Like I said, um, I know Bill, Bill Belichick talked about it, um, lately. It just basically comes down to cap space and this being a rebuilding year. I had a lot of optimism in them that they still had some talent hanging around after Brady left. And, um, I was really excited to see what Cam Newton could do. And for the first two weeks, he looked, um, you know, like he was going to pan out and, you know, be a, you know, huge bargain steal, only paying him a million dollars this year. But, um, after that, he basically got COVID, missed two weeks, and then has not been um, up to where he was. So the offense has struggled. The defense has been defense has been actually decent, aside from the games versus uh, Kansas City and Seattle. Um, so that's been something of a bright spot. But uh, the offense has been, you know, has had no weapons at wide receiver. Now Julian Edelman is out for um, a pretty solid amount of time with, I believe, knee surgery. And so it'll be interesting to see if Cam Newton can get it going. Going, but um, definitely expect them to be at a lot better spot than they are this season. So I'll hand it off to Zach. He's going to talk about um, our game of the week. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, you guys did a good job talking about all those uh, teams right there, and I, I have to agree with everything you guys said. But uh, the game of the week is obviously the Steelers and the Ravens. And I said in my intro, I think this is the game of the year so far. As far as big time teams with a game that literally came down to the final seconds, uh, not to mention a huge rivalry game, first place uh, in the division on the line. So there was a lot going on with this game. And Pittsburgh, credit to them for coming out with this win because at times I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, 28 24 win for the Steelers. And the after the, the aftermath of this game, normally I think most people would think oh okay it's just a regular season game rivalry you know close game one possession but i'm actually there i took a lot out of this game um a lot of good for pittsburgh 
and a lot of bad for Baltimore. And the bad for Baltimore isn't so much their defense. I think their defense is pretty good still. They're going to be a top defense in the league. And uh, the sacks will start coming in. Um, Clays Campbell and Yawn are reunited. And it'll take a little while, but I do think they are going to have a lot of production. And the secondary of the Ravens is strong, too. Um, so I'm not worried about the defense, but the offense is just so one-dimensional. And you're starting to see some problems with Lamar Jackson's uh, passing because one of the receivers kind of took a subtle shot at him um, after the game, talking about how he wished he could be more involved or something like that. And I don't blame him because the team is just totally a running team. And that's never going to win you. That's I shouldn't say never, but in today, in the modern NFL, it's very hard to have that success um, take you to a Super Bowl because all it takes is a team like the Steelers uh, to really stop you and make you beat them throwing the ball, and then you have to prove that you can. And I'm not too impressed with the weapons on offense for Baltimore other than their, t- other than their tight ends. They really don't have many consistent wide receivers, and Lamar Jackson is not looking as good as he did during his MVP season. So the biggest problem with the Ravens is if they don't have a lead and they can't just run the ball, then they're going to find themselves with a couple more losses this season just because of that aspect of their game. They're not as balanced as they were last year. So we'll see what happens moving forward with them. And then for the Steelers side of it, I was pretty impressed because the amount of takeaways that they, I know they've been getting takeaways all season, but especially against the Ravens. I mean, that's a team where you need everything you can get against them. And part of it's, I think Lamar Jackson just being careless with the football, which is a bad thing for the Ravens. Cause there were even some fumbles that he got back that are just like, what are you doing? Like there's nobody around you and you cough the ball up at one, at one play. <laughs> that was weird. I remember, I remember. I do remember that one play where he was he was scrambling out of the pocket, yeah. like running for a first down. He just like straight up dropped yeah, the yeah, ball. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> I I know the weather wasn't great and everything, but still, like, there's no excuse for that, and no excuse at all for a lot of the interceptions and turnovers he had, and they were costly. They that's what ended up costing them this win. So the thing, kind of going back to the theme of like what we got right and wrong at the beginning of the season is like. I think I really underestimated the Steelers' defense because I didn't expect them to have the impact that they did last year with winning games with their defense. But the fact that they uh, still are showing that, and then they traded for a a player, Connor, we'll probably talk about later, um, just adds to the depth of their defense. It's pretty scary. Um, So I think they're definitely poised right now to be the favorite in the AFC, but... We'll see what happens, but I like I said, I'm I'm taking a lot out of this. Actually, I'm I'm moving ball. I'm going to move Baltimore down in my power rankings, probably even more than I have them listed right now. And Pittsburgh, they stay at number one. Uh, nothing they showed made me think otherwise. But Connor, obviously being a Steelers fan, take us through the emotions of this game and uh, what you took away from it. Yeah, so I mean, it <clears throat> definitely the like I said at the beginning, the most largest heart attacks that I have watching Steelers games always come against the the Ravens. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, literally the Steelers could be like three and 10 and the Ravens could be like 11 and 11 and four. And this game would still be close. Like it just doesn't matter what the records are from these teams. And they're always going to deliver a good game. And I will say the, probably the biggest worry for me in this game. I mean, I know and I, I kind of credit this more to the fact that the Steelers have gone through just like an absolutely brutal part of the schedule. I mean, they had to play the Browns, then they had to play the Titans, and then now the Ravens. Um, like the offense was kind of, it was kind of slow at times, but I, I do credit that to the Ravens defense. Like, you know, they have one of the better defenses in the league. It's not like we were going out against, you know, the Giants or um, like the I'm like not getting another team out of my head, but like, are the Texans or somebody like that? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, not coming out and putting up yards. So um, I will say, and I mean, they have faced like two, and again, like they faced two other really good defenses in Tennessee and Cleveland. So there could be some fatigue there. And I think also 
because a lot of people were saying too that they were worried about the state of the Steelers' run defense in that game. But that I definitely chalk up to one the fact that the Ravens just have the the fact that they are so one dimensional is because they have all these rushing weapons. Like they have no receiving weapons at all, so they have to utilize all these rushing weapons. It seems like that's all they went out and got was players that could run the ball. So. I mean, they do have one of their advantages is they do have, you know, they've got Lamar Jackson, they've got J.K. Dobbins, they've got Gus Edwards who are all serviceable. So um, that's one of the reasons why I credit that why the Ravens got so many rushing yards. And also, again, back to the brutal schedule, I mean, going into that game against Cleveland, Cleveland was the number one rushing offense. So they had to deal with Kareem Hunt and they had to deal with, you know, the Browns rushing attack. And then the week after that, they had to deal with Derrick Henry. So it's not like they've been going up against cupcake opponents. So I think the game against the Ravens on Thanksgiving is going to be a a good tell of, okay, like are the Steelers like, you know, is their run defense and their offense against the Ravens going to be a problem? Because we're about to go into a very easy part of the schedule. I mean, our next three games before the Ravens game are against Dallas, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville, who are three of the worst teams in the league right now. So um, it's very possible that the Steelers do end up going into that game against the Ravens and they could be 10 and 0. Um, I mean, I'm not going to predict that because every time I do something like that, something stupid happens and, you know, the Steelers always find some dumb way to lose to the Jaguars. So, you know, even though the Jaguars are terrible this year, I'm sure we're going to find some way to make it close. But, um, yeah, a lot of encouraging signs. The Steelers defense, it, I think it is the number one defense right now. Um, the Buccaneers are definitely a close second, but the Steelers' defense, in my mind, there's no question that right now they're the number one. And they did get some encouraging news, I will say. I was looking this up because Tyson Alu-Alu and Cameron Hayward both left the game with injuries near the end. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. two out of the three parts on your defensive line. But um, Alu-Alu, apparently, he only had like a, like a minor knee sprain or something. And um, the same thing for Hayward. He had just like a minor quad injury. So... It's possible that they probably like might miss like one or two games uh, for each of them, but they'll definitely be back for that game against the Ravens the second time. So um, good news on the injury front. And then also we got a little gift from the New York <laughs> <Yeah>. Jets. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> we got a little gift from the New York Jets um, after our game against the Ravens, where they decided that they were going to trade us uh, Avery Williamson who has been, uh, he's a nice young middle linebacker. Um, he did miss all of last season with an ACL tear, but um, the season before that, he good. And it's definitely another linebacker that we could use. I mean, Spillane has played, I mean, don't get me wrong, Spillane has played fantastic um, in the absence of Devin Bush, but I think having just another option there at the middle linebacker spot in case like Spillane starts to, you know, maybe he's just riding the high of, oh, yeah, I'm finally getting to start in an NFL game, and then he starts to level out. We have that second option, and all we had to give up was a fifth-round pick, and not even this upcoming fifth-round pick. It was the year after's fifth-round pick mm-hmm. that we had to give up. So, I mean, basically, we got it, and, and we got a seventh-rounder in return. So, um, pretty much, yeah, a straight-up gift from the New York Jets, <laughs> who are clearly in some sort of tank mode. I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're going to say that they're tanking, but... Um, yeah, this... <laughs> But yeah, but, so um, yeah, yeah <laughs> overall good game for the Steelers. Um, I mean, like I said, these games are always close. There's always going to be stuff to like say that teams did good and did wrong in these games. Um, there are some things that the Steelers do need to clean up, but I think it's going to be good for them that you know they're finally getting a break from playing un- undefeated and one win and one loss teams uh, in the next few weeks, so that way they can recharge, especially not having a bye week anymore. So they, they have time to recharge and relax uh, before, to get ready for that next game against the Ravens on Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to put uh, share screen back on real quick. Eric, you remember this man, Tyson Alualu? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's uh, in your Facebook profile picture. So it's, it's cool that uh, that you've actually met one of these guys that Connor was referencing now on the Steelers. Yeah, so. man. He's he's been a uh, he's definitely been an underrated uh, guy on our defense this year. I mean, having that nose tackle because I know there was a lot of people that said they were worried after Javon Hargrave left, but you know Alu Alu's done a really good job of filling in that spot, and he's one of the reasons why our run defense has been so good this year. Yeah, yeah I, 
I still miss that dude. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so now, guys, we have another lockboard week to present. Um, we'll go Eric's, through Eric's like least his nightmare scenario the yeah, next yeah. week of the lockboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess, uh, well, I guess well, I know Zach did the best, so I, I know Zach gets to talk first, so I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so like Eric said, I, I ended up uh, marginally doing the best. Uh, pretty pretty close week with the top three. I ended up with seven points. Nate and Connor both had six points. Eric with the zero. Um, the ones that I got right were Atlanta over Carolina Thursday night football game. Falcons, I was scared that they were going to blow it, but they got an interception. Late in the game. <laughs> you always got to be worried about the Falcons I was worried. blowing I was their games. <laughs> uh, Texas over Oklahoma State was another one I predicted right uh, in college, and that was also another down-of-the-wire close one. Actually, in overtime, Texas won that, uh, so I'm glad that that was definitely the one I was most nervous about the, out of the three of my games. And then... Kansas what? City. You weren't nervous about that KC game? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said safest pick of the year right here, KC over the Jets, and I was rewarded with that one point. Um, I wonder, Connor, because uh, we'll talk about this. Uh, you picked Michigan to beat Michigan State. If you had been picking where I was picking uh, and you could pick between the two, would you have picked Kansas City instead of the Michigan game? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely a much safer. I mean, I know. I mean, you and I talked about this, too, how that 25-point spread was yeah. pretty, like, that was very generous, considering that <laughs> one, that it's a rivalry game. And, I mean, Michigan State only had one game. Like, obviously, yeah. they lost to Rutgers, and that wasn't good. But, I mean, you can't judge a team based on one game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, def- I definitely would have taken that KC <laughs> game had I had the choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, before we go through and look uh, and look at this new week of Lockboard drafts, um, Eric, uh, what what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess this is uh, I guess hollow. This Halloween weekend was uh, truly a nightmare for me, especially <laughs> with my college picks. I mean, because I, I know I've been uh, kind of you know roasted in weeks past because this has been three bad. Weeks. Like I had kind of gotten back into it, but then I've had three really horrible weeks in a row, but. I was at least okay with some of the results of the previous weeks because at least it was like, oh, well, a kicker missed a field goal at the end or, oh, the Texans coach is an idiot and made a (laughs) coaching decision and that's why my pick was wrong or whatever. But this past week, man, all three of my predictions just got blown out i was like dude i <laughs> i was like come on man i don't know i had to pull a joe biden right there come on man like <laughs> here's the deal here's the deal though here's the deal baylor kansas state and detroit y'all suck but but i can also at least take solace in the fact that two two of my three picks that i made last week i did snipe people on so like other people did want my picks so it wasn't like i went way out into left field and made a really dumb decision that nobody would have picked or something. At least I know that if I hadn't made those picks, someone else would have made them, but I've definitely got to start figuring some things out. Cause this lockboard has not been friendly to me this past <laughs> month. So maybe yeah, now yeah. that October's over, maybe November will be better. <laughs> we'll see. I, I was just surprised when you made your draft that you picked two college games um, in the big 12 too. Like I, I know you're not the biggest college follower, so I was just a little no, surprised yeah, that def- you did that. Yeah, I'm definitely not, but Kansas State had come up really big for me a few weeks ago when they beat TCU and they beat Oklahoma, so I thought they were better than that. I that I was so confident, and that's why I picked that one first, because I really thought that was going to be a good one. Yeah. By the time I got to the third round, I was kind of running out of options that I felt like were good upsets, so I... I wasn't super confident with the Baylor one, but I thought the Lions could beat the Colts, and I was pretty confident with the Kansas State one too. But yeah, I obviously it uh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Zach, are you still there? Oh, sorry, sorry, I was oh, mic. I was muted. I mean, uh, okay. yeah. So, uh, so we heard the current week earlier. Let me just really quickly say the total standings. 
Uh, Connor still keeps uh, first place with 44. I gained one point this week, so I'm still in second with 42 now. And then Nate jumped Connor, or Nate jumped Eric, sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> for, for third place. So uh, Nate's got 24, 20 points behind the leader. And then Eric now in last place at 23. So uh, wow, starting wow. to see some separation, one and two and three and four. But uh, yeah, so the way the tiebreaker worked out is actually Connor's getting the second pick. Uh, not because Nate... I did bad. Let's be clear here. It's not <laughs> yeah. because I did bad. No, no, no. Eric for sure got the first pick, and then um, I won. So of course I'm last. Connor and Nate tied, but Nate had the better pick last week, so uh, Connor gets it now. So Eric, once again, you're up here at number one. Uh, go ahead and. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's get the betting lines back up here. Okay. So when I took a glance at this. I was obviously I have to start, you know, I have to get aggressive here. So I, I safe picks are going to be out the window for me, but uh, one three pointer that really surprised me that it was the way it was, was the, uh, with the chargers high being one and a half point favorites over the Raiders. Uh, so I am taking the Raiders to beat the chargers. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, that's pretty much a pick em game, so yeah, really. Is. Uh, yeah, I was surprised though that the chart, like, if the Raiders were one and a half point favorites, I wouldn't have taken it because I wouldn't have got the three points. But I, I was surprised that the Raiders were, yeah, I mean, it's not a big underdog, but still, yeah, you know, after the Chargers blew that lead against the Broncos and then the Raiders beat the Browns, I, I'm, I'm surprised. So I'll take that. <laughs> well, watch the Chargers win by 40, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is being recorded. So everything you just said. Could <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Connor now with the, with the second pick. Let's see. So, for the episode, hold on, let me just say. For the episode, I have one that I'm really confident on. Connor thinks he knows what that is. We'll see. Maybe he picks that. Maybe he doesn't. But let's find out. Well, <laughs> I'm definitely between two picks right now, actually. Um but if I had to make a more educated guess, and I mean, I'm pretty confident on this one uh, as well, assuming this is the one that Zach picked, but I'm going to take the Florida Gators to beat Georgia. Ooh. Oh, I was okay. thinking about that. But... <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, but that's not the one that I was. Uh... Uh, well, well I, had an- I had another one in mind, so I guess we'll see when it comes down to it if that was the one okay. I was thinking of. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, eight, you're uh picking third here. Uh, where are you gonna go? All right, um, I'm gonna go to the NFL and take a little bit of upset here, but I think it's possible after what I saw last week. I'm gonna go Chicago over Tennessee for a few points there. Interesting, Nate loves the Bears. Yeah, (laughs) so far, it hasn't quite worked out for him either, but (laughs) I thought he's got a couple of them right. It's kind of been 50 50, but it does seem like you picked them. I mean, 50 50 for Nate's picks are pretty good. (laughs) That is is good for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So, the one that um, that I've been secretly waiting to pick is uh, in college. Um, Arizona, it it wasn't the one I was thinking of. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna take Arizona State to beat USC um, for a five pointer. I I thought Arizona State was gonna be the favorites to win the Pac-12. So the fact that I saw the spread of ten and a half maybe made me fall down. Basically, I'm pretty <laughs> pretty confident about that. So uh, come on, Sun Devils. <laughs> Well, I guess right. you'll 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 uh, find out your the other pick because I'm probably going to pick it next unless Eric uh, takes it from me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll need to take another look here. I was definitely eyeballing the Florida Georgia game. That was the second one I wanted to pick, but Connor grabbed that one out from underneath <laughs> me. So, um, I initially thought this was going to be a really crazy thing to do, and Again, I don't necessarily think this will work out, but I know the Panthers are getting CMC back, and I'm way behind, so I'm going to go for the Panthers over the Chiefs Ooh. for a five-pointer. Wow. I thought you were about to pick the other five-pointer one from the NFL. <laughs> oh, God, no, dude. That Dallas <laughs> defense? No. I... God, no, dude. No. <laughs> 
Eric would be thinking to himself, and man. And, Su- and Eric- Susan, won't, Susan won't even be mad for me at that because she knows how bad it is. <laughs> oh, I must say, if, so, if someone ever picked that, Eric would be coming out being like, what an idiot, dude. <laughs> 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 All right, well, this was the other one that I thought uh, Zach was really conf- might have been confident on. Um, it's not a five-pointer, so I mean, I guess I, I made a flaw with my thinking there, thinking that it was going to be a three-pointer, you know, but... I am actually going to take the 49ers to beat the Packers. Mm. Yeah. I, I, it's just with all that, those injuries I, they just had, though. I yeah. Without George Kittle. And... <laughs> yeah. But it's I don't okay because I just said it won't happen. So Connor will probably get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't like, I still don't trust the Packers. Like, oh, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't trust any of those NFC North teams, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can see that happening. Um, Nate, you've got your uh, next pick here. Where are you going to go? All right. Um, so I listened to you talk about the Ravens um, earlier, and I think I'm going to go back to a team that uh, has done well for me uh, last week. I'm going to go back to the Colts over Baltimore. Ooh. The battle of the All two right. uh, That's an interesting Baltimore one. NFL teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Uh... It's going to be a three-point play there, if, uh, if you get that right. Colts over Ravens. All right, so I've got uh, the last pick to finish the uh, second round here. And I'm feeling pretty risky this week. Um, so I'm going to go Pac-12 again. I'm going to go Stanford to beat Oregon. Um, this would be a, a shocker, obviously, but I just think there's going to be a big drop-off with Oregon this year kind of like with what we've seen from LSU where they lost their star quarterback and then now they're losing everybody. And, I mean, Stanford Stanford. I mean, they're usually always a good team, so I'm going <laughs> to – I don't do my research in the Pac-12, but I – the name, you know, the name. Uh, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stanford. All right. Uh, yeah, so that, that ends the second round. Um, Eric – last pick here in the third what's it gonna be all right so a couple weeks ago we all made cases for which nfc east team could win the division and while the giants haven't you know won a whole lot they almost beat the eagles they've been hanging tough with tampa tonight so I'm going to, even though the football team beat the Cowboys pretty easily, pretty much everybody's been doing that lately. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to take the Giants, the New York football Giants, <laughs> to defeat the football team. The New York football Giants over the Washington football team. Yeah, what I thought a, about that. What a, thought about that. What a matchup name war right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the revolving door of NFC East teams playing each other. (laughs) They're only wins this year. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. all right. So, well, I guess for me, I do want to take a... Since Zach's decided to be super risky this week, um, I mean, mean, really, other than that, like, Steelers-Dallas game, I don't really see, like, too many, like, overconfident safe picks in my book, so... um, But, so I'm going to take an upset here. I'm going to go with a five-pointer from college. Ooh. And uh, yeah, no, I'm not taking that other five point. I know. Like, if, if Eric wasn't, <laughs> if Eric wasn't gonna pick it, then I'm definitely not picking it. It's my team. But uh, um, and I know that they kind of like got blown out by West Virginia last week. But Kansas State seems to always like come up with these crazy games sometimes, especially against teams from Oklahoma. So I'm gonna take Kansas <laughs> State to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. Kansas State after that performance that you gave for me last week, you better not win that. <laughs> Eric is uh, about it. <laughs> Eric at the end of the season, he doesn't really care who wins the Big Twelve, but he just hates Kansas State now. It's like the it's well, like it's I mean, like um they, Texas they gave Tech five points. So yeah, I, you know, I can't complain too hard, but <laughs> they sure burned me last week though. It's it's turning into like uh, Texas Tech. For me, they're your Texas Tech. Like, <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Nate, uh, you've made two three-point picks so far. Uh, is it going to be a third? Um, I was, um, you know, I was having a little bit of tough clearly, decision clearly here. Nate does not know here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was between an NFL game and a college game. Um, I think 
I'm gonna feel really dumb for doing this. I'd, I'd, it's really an unreasonable pick, but I'm gonna gamble on the Pac-12 here and take uh, Arizona over Utah, just with it being, um, yeah, first week. No one really knows mm-hmm. what to expect out of them. It could be a, yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like yeah, those Pac-12 upsets are probably uh, good, like yeah. good picks. Good I mean, value. they could happen. Yeah, good. Any any five pointer really is good value unless it's uh, Kansas City playing the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm glad my uh, my pick I had planned for this round hasn't been taken yet, and that's going to be Indiana to beat Michigan. Uh, Three-point uh, pick. I I was kind of shocked by this spread a little bit, too, Michigan being the favorite here because Indiana's yeah. looked really good this year. Um, so I'm, I'm a believer in Indiana, uh, and I'm not a believer in Michigan, so I will gladly take that three-point play. So there you have it, guys. There's our lock board for this week. I'll put it back up on the big screen here. Everybody can take a look at that if you've forgotten, but we'll be back next week to review it again as always. And now we're going to transition into Around the Hoop. So we've got two rebuilds to wrap up this episode with. Connor's going to rebuild his favorite team, the Charlotte Hornets, and then Eric and I are going to co-GM the Chicago Bulls. So hopefully you guys find this interesting, and uh, let's see if we can make these teams winners. Yeah, well, uh, good luck to the Hornets. Um, So, (laughs) I mean, this is definitely like I think I I was we were talking before the episode and the next one was definitely probably the hardest one for like anybody to undertake. But I would say this is probably definitely top five when you're looking at the Hornet situation here. Um, I mean, obviously, number one priority is getting rid of Nicholas Bum. but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have him for another year because no one's going to want to trade for him because his contract is ridiculous. And he's got a player option that he'd be like the dumbest, the dumbest human being alive to not take that player option, um, considering that he doesn't he doesn't even he's not even a starter or a sixth man like he's a you know. He probably only plays like 10 or 12 minutes a game now, and he's getting paid $25 million to sit on the bench, basically. So that would be the dumbest decision of all time if he didn't take that player option. So unfortunately, we're stuck with him for another season. But for the rest of the free agents, they can all go. Bismack Biombo can go. He's <laughs> old and not very good. And the contract that he did have, I'm glad we're getting rid of it because he was making like $18 million a year, which he wasn't worth that at all. Willie Hernan Gomez can go too, and Dwayne Bacon. Um, he for him, I wouldn't be too upset if we brought him back, but it would definitely have to be for the right price. Um, he's been just like a decent kind of like because he's never going to be a starter, but you know you kind of need good bench players, and I think he was a good like kind of the the small forward vibe that he had going with Miles Bridges. I think was a decent like good combo there, so. Um, if we can bring him back for the right price, then I'd like to, but knowing the Hornets front office, I'm pretty sure it won't be for the right price. So, um, (laughs) so he can go if that's going to be the case. Um, (laughs) I I would argue that he should stay on the team just because of his last name alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fan, uh, fan favorites with the name probably there. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then, I mean, looking at the rest of our contract situation, I mean, the rest of our contracts aren't bad at all. I mean, obviously, one, once we get rid of Bum's contract, then, you know, we'll be able to <laughs> we'll be able to do a lot more when it comes to free agents and stuff like that. Um, the free agent market really isn't that great this year. Um, and, I mean, like, the only real good free agent in my mind is Fred Van Vliet, which we don't need him because we've already got Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham is... Uh, blossoming into a, a really good player, so we don't, we definitely don't need a point guard. Um, so for Cody Zeller, I definitely think because he's the other big contract besides Rozier and Bum, um, he, I think he can go at the end of his contract. I'm not really particularly attached to him at all. I think he's been, he's like okay, he's just a serviceable center. But the main reason why I'm okay with him going is because the Hornets, they did get really lucky uh in the draft lottery with uh, getting the number three pick i you know they were expected to get like the eighth or ninth pick or like the ninth or tenth pick or something like that and um i can't remember what happened on lottery night there was like one team that there was something weird that happened where like if they ended up in like the top 10 then the hornets would all of a sudden like end up in the top five 
I can't remember which team it was, but like that team like happened. So then the Hornets jumped up to a top five yeah. and managed to get a better pick than the Cavaliers somehow. Um, I'm sure pretty sure Cavaliers fans <laughs> aren't happy about that, but um, so we got the number three pick and if the Hornets, I mean, assuming he's still there um, because in a lot of the mock drafts I'm seeing the Hornets would be super dumb if they took anybody besides Josh Wiseman or James Wiseman. Is it yeah, Josh? James, yeah, James, James yeah. I don't know why I thought Josh for a <laughs> second, but uh, yeah, they'd be super dumb to take anybody except James Wiseman um, getting mm-hmm. that big man for the future. We definitely don't need LaMelo Ball um, just from what I said, the point guard situation before. And I mean, Edwards, if the the Warriors were to take like, you know, or the Warriors or Teebles were to take Wiseman and then we got Edwards. I mean, I'd be okay with Edwards too. I'd obviously prefer Wiseman, but um, we are a little bit thin when it comes to the shooting guard position. I know Malik Monk has been reinstated, so if he manages to not get suspended again, then I do <laughs> I do like Malik Monk as a player. I think he's yeah. growing into a good player. So, um, but I mean, I'm not going to say no to Edwards if he's still there when it, because other than Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball, the draft class is looking pretty weak. So. Um, but if we can get James Wiseman, that'd be fantastic. Then we can get our big man for the future. PJ Washington's developing nicely. Um, and then, you know, we, like I said, we kind of have that small forward tandem. Uh, if we don't bring back bacon, then it's going to be kind of like a three man rotation with miles bridges and the Martin and the Martin twins. Um, not exactly thrilled with the Martin twins. Um, I'm not sure what the Hornets thought when they were drafting them. Uh, I wasn't particularly happy when they called out Caleb Barton's name in the second round last year. And I was just like, what? Like there were some other like guards and stuff that mm-hmm. would have been a better value to us than him. But um, I mean, if if they can develop then fine, but that's obviously going to be um, a position we're going to be looking for in the future is the three. If we get, if we draft wise men, then I think if we if we draft wise men, then I think the other four positions are locked down with Wiseman at center, Washington at power forward, uh, Malik Monk at shooting guard, and then Rogier and Graham having the point guard duties. Which Rogier can also play shooting guard if he needs to. So um, the guard situation is fine, but definitely looking for the three spot. And 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 really the thing that's going to be for the future is just looking for draft talent because. The Hornets, unlike the OK, the Oklahoma City Thunder, we don't have this like you know major pool of draft picks. Um, our draft picks in the future, I mean, we have a first rounder every year, but it's not like with the Thunder where they have like at least two first rounders and a couple drafts and stuff like that. We just have one. Um, I think, and I think there's only one draft so far where we have two second rounders. So um, it's mainly going to be just got to develop the talent that we have right now because we have a lot of young guys on the team um, that need to develop fast sooner rather than later. The only old guy left on the team, I mean, Cody Zeller's 28, so he's not that old, but the only old guy left is bum, which obviously he's going to be leaving the team (laughs) after (laughs) he's going to be leaving the team after uh, next season. So a lot of youth on this team, a lot of growth, and but I will say if there's one thing that I definitely think the Hornets would benefit from is they would definitely benefit from not having Michael Jordan making personnel decisions. I think he should just I mean, I think he should just stick to his role as owner and stop trying to make decisions about players and who he wants to bring in, because pretty much every single decision <laughs> he's ever made about our players, like giving like bringing in Nicholas Bum not giving Kemba Walker the max, like all of his decisions have been bad. So I'm like, I'm totally okay with him still being the owner, but if he's going to be the owner, then he needs to be the owner and not the GM. Um, yeah. And just let, let the GM handle that stuff. And yeah, it's just mainly for the Hornets with the fact that we don't have the draft picks and we don't have, you know, there's not the free agents out there. It's just going to be a lot of developing the players we already have and just bringing in, continuing to bring in more young guys and, I don't know, maybe we can try and leverage. Because that's the thing, we don't have any players that we can really leverage for draft picks either. Like, this is unlike, you know, with the Spurs when we were talking about last week, how they have some players like DeMar DeRozan that they can leverage for draft picks. We don't really have anybody like that. So it's really not the greatest situation, but just keep working and keep developing. And who knows, maybe you'll be somewhere in three seasons. But 
I'm not yeah. entirely hopeful, but that's the that's probably the best <laughs> you can hope for. Yeah, no, I, I think he did a good job uh, with everything, and you know, I th- I really think uh, if Michael Jordan listens to this, uh, he should consider handing uh, basketball operations over to you, man. I, I'd endorse that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Anything well, be better than what he's been doing. <laughs> say, well, he should definitely do that because we've already got Connor in the works on, you know, becoming Giannis's new agent and everything. Oh, true. So, you know, true. add those two factors in together and that would mean Charlotte's getting Giannis. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. That is true. Um, I, never, I did not even think about that. But yeah, Giannis <laughs> coming to Charlotte, lock it down, 2022. <laughs> Eric, do you have anything else to add? Because I thought he did a pretty good job with what he had to work with. Yeah, I, I think Connor did a great job. I I think definitely developing their young talent and just trying to get as much young talent is the way to go for them right now. They're, with the whole combination of them not having a ton of draft capital and with there not being a ton of free agents available, uh, I would definitely... Um, stick to this plan i think yeah i like connor's draft selection i i like uh a lot of young guys that they have get rid of the expensive guys as soon as you can and move forward with it i I think i think that puts charlotte Mm -hmm. in the best possible spot i actually think that could even give them a little bit of optimism if these young guys can gel together you know yeah they did actually do a little bit better last year than what we thought what everybody thought they were going to do yeah you know it wasn't like they were the worst team or anything like they were yeah, actually I mean, they were they were they were right on the ed- right on the edge of not of being invited to the bubble basically yeah. yes yeah, they were so, uh, which obviously you know, some people might say that's not great but i mean <laughs> they definitely overcame expectations though last yeah. year so if they can keep doing that they've got a good shot yeah the number three pick will be huge and something <laughs> I, i've been thinking like they've got the martin twins like they should try putting like six men out on the floor and then being like Oh yeah, we just have Cody out here and and Caleb. He's Cody every time. Trying to try and plug them in. It's an illusion. Uh, it's an illusion. <laughs> you think you're seeing two, but it's really only one. That's a weird <laughs> situation that they've got both of them. Like, but uh, okay. Yeah, I hope they can tell the difference between them. <laughs> their, ne- their next um, move is to get Markeith and Marcus Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for oh, real. Man. Okay, so. Uh, Connor now can sit back and relax because uh, Eric and I are going to be taking over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, both of Michael Jordan's teams coming up in this episode. Um, well, and also uh, Bulls got next supposed favorite team, even though it seems like he's a Rockets fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> quite quite the Twitter character out there, guys. Um, but Eric and I were talking before the episode about things that we wanted to do with this team. And we'll start with the free agents first. I mean, looking at the contract that Otto Porter Jr. has, $26 million, I think it's safe to say he's going to keep that player option that he has for this last season. Um, we, Eric and I both agree that that's going to happen. He'd be dumb to turn that down. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's really only two more significant, and I use significant lightly here, but Two other significant free agents for them to make decisions on. Chris Dunn and Denzel Valentine. And between the two, I would rather have that Chris Dunn just because he's seems like he's a good backup point guard for them. And Denzel Valentine, I remember him at Michigan State. He was really good in college. I thought he'd be good in the pros, but uh, he's never really done much. So I'm fine with them not bringing Denzel Valentine back. But out of the two, I think, you know, these teams... This isn't always like uh, video games where you can just have an entirely new team. Like you do have to keep some players back on your team. And I think Chris Dunn will fit the role nicely there coming back as backup point guard. Uh, Eric, you you in concur- con- concurrence with this? Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I would say to not bring both of them back would be as if they just really felt like there were a couple of options on the free agent market that they think could be better. But Zach is definitely right though, that, you know, with this not being a video game, we can't just cut 12 out of the 15 guys. I'm all in the same <laughs> thing like that. That's not going to work. So, uh, and, and Zach and I, when we talked to, we both agreed that, you know, if we're going to bring back one, uh, Chris Dunn would be 
the better one to bring so i or to bring back so I, i'm definitely okay with this Seems like he gets more minutes and everything too um but looking through this team now i'll name through the rest of their uh their players in order of contract so auto porter is going to be making the most money and then zach levine uh through 2022 obviously he's their star they've got thad young for two more years also that's just a bad contract that fit almost 15 million I just don't think they're really realistically going to be able to trade that. Um, so he's stuck, but not really going to be playing. Someone named Cristiano Felicio, who I've never even heard of before. And I play 2K every year, and I've never even heard of this guy's name. Um, but he's on the team for one more year. And then they've got Thomas Sadoransky. And then finally, you get to the people that actually matter for the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lori Markinen. And Wendell Carter Jr., the first-round pick from a couple of years ago, and then Kobe White, who was last year's first-round pick, point guard from North Carolina. So um, I did come up with the 1-5 to five here um, for this next season anyways. We're going to have Kobe White at point guard, obviously. Zach Levine, obviously, at shooting guard. Otto Porter at, at small forward, uh, grudgingly. That's going to be replaced in the future. And then Lori <laughs> and Wendell Carter at the 5. So... Between that five, the offense is really going to be with Zach Levine, and I expect Cody White to make a big impact. He he did pretty good, actually. He was probably in rookie of the year discussions. Uh, so I'm actually – I think the Bulls have their point guard. They honestly have their point guard and their shooting guard with Levine and Kobe White. And I know everybody wants to be the next Damon CJ. Everybody thinks they have that. I think the, the Bulls have a real possibility with these two being the next Damon CJ, but – Obviously, we'll see what happens. Um, but there is a glaring weakness when you look at this one through five. And I'll let uh, Eric talk about that. And then we'll go to free agency and try and fix that. So, Eric, tell us about um, the weakness that we have as the Bulls GM. Yeah, the the biggest problem this Bulls team has is that when you look at the starting five, when you look at the whole roster as a whole, there's not a lot of toughness there. There's a lot of liability on defense. And obviously, you know, anybody that knows me with uh, you know, the video game playing style, I take pride in my defense. I, that's what I prefer to be my strength. And obviously in today's NBA, you know, teams can't be as physical on defense. It's harder to play good defense effectively, but, I still feel like this team's defense as a whole is uh, really bad. And I remember Zach mentioned too, like we agreed on this too beforehand, that a big reason why Jimmy Butler wanted to leave the Bulls so bad was because he felt like they were soft. And mm -hmm. when you got a superstar on your team, you don't want him, obviously you don't want him leaving your team and you especially don't want him leaving your team because of a reason like that, you know, like, so that, that shows that there's uh problems and so Zach and I were looking at the free agent pool and somebody that we think we can bring in I mean obviously as we've talked about with all of our rebuilds the free agent class this year kind of sucks or really sucks there's not it doesn't kind of suck it really sucks <laughs> most of the people that are really good we already know they're either gonna they're gonna re-sign with their team or if it's a restricted free agent the team they have is going to match the deal so like none of the big names really are going to be changing teams and there's not there weren't even that many to begin with but one guy that zach and i came up with that we think could bring some toughness to this team and we're pretty sure they're going to want to leave their current team so if the bulls really wanted to like if zach and i were koji i mean we definitely agree that we would be going after this guy straight, is, straight the pennies for him <laughs> is, yeah his uh is montrez harrell uh I've heard a lot of rumors about him being, you know, upset with the situation out there in LA and preferential treatment with Kawhi and PG and stuff. And it just seems like he doesn't really want to be there anymore. So I'm sure he'll be looking for a new team. And I feel like this would be a great fit for him. He's going to, he would bring a level of toughness to this team and he would definitely be the starter for sure. He wouldn't be coming off the bench. Like he did a lot of the times in LA, he could be, a leader on this team he could be a you know he could be a mentor to a lot of these younger guys on the team so 
questions. I don't know if you have anything else to add on that, but I, I think that's a move the Bulls need to make. Yeah, that that would be the best move, in my opinion, for their, them in free agency. And it'll, it'll be costly, but I think it'll be worth it because not only his experience, and I know the Clippers never won anything, but they've won more than the Bulls have recently. So he'll be bringing that over with him. And then just the, um, honestly, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, Dennis Rodman nowadays. Like, obviously he's not Dennis Rodman, but... Um, He's got that sort of um, player role where he does all the energy things and he's huge on defense. And that's where we said that the Bulls need the most help on. So um, I don't think Zach Levine is anything like Michael Jordan. But if you're a Bulls (laughs) fan, you can at least be like, okay, I I am actually high on Zach Levine. So I think he's going to get even better. It's because of his name. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. But no, really, I really do think he'll be good for the Bulls. Um, and I think um, I think Car- uh, Harold will bring back the what we think of the Bulls as in the 90s with Dennis Rodman um, in the paint. And then even in the um, the late uh, the late 2000s and early 2010s with uh, Joaquin Noah, Carlos Boozer, those Bulls teams had big men that were significant. So. I'm a big fan of that, Eric. Uh, big credit for uh, making that signing for us there. And oh, then yeah. finally, <laughs> and then finally, um, we got to talk about the draft here for the Bulls. The way things shape up, I really think the Bulls need to go best available, and we both agree on this too. Like it to me, it doesn't really matter the position. I think whatever best available players left on the board after the first three picks is who the Bulls should go for because they really already have starters identified at every position. So I think they just need to go best available and then hope for the best <laughs> um, with that draft pick. But picking maybe number four they, is not since, bad for them. So maybe but, hope since uh, Connor's not their GM of the Hornets that they'll be dumb and not take Wiseman or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, Get wise. I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally waiting for draft night and then it gets out of the Hornets and they're like, oh, we're going to pick this like, I don't have any names. European but like to, prospect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> It'll, it might happen. It might happen. So we'll see. But Eric, you're in agreement with that. Like, just best available for the Bulls is is the best for them, right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. It's not like the, while the Bulls have starters identified, it's not like they have anybody that is a lock at any position yeah. that you would for sure want to keep long term. But they also don't have any glaring needs where it's like mm-hmm. oh we have to get this position so yeah definitely yep. just whatever's best available that that's what they need to do yeah so uh so there you got go guys uh connor can you give your analysis of our uh gm mood what <laughs> did you like the montrez thing and uh what else with the with the bulls do you like yeah i mean i definitely agree with the montrez thing i think that like you said that's gonna bring a level of toughness to this team um i definitely think for them it's just like they have such an oversaturation at the power forward position right now. I mean, I know market, you know, mm-hmm. he's a seven footer, but um, I guess in my mind, like maybe bringing in like another big man wouldn't be like a huge, um, what am I trying to say? Or wouldn't be a bad idea, but it doesn't have to happen this season. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the Montrez move. And I mean, I'm assuming you guys were saying that like once Otto's, contract runs out you're not gonna bring him no, back no. okay yeah yeah, yeah no, that's so. why when zach was doing a starting five <laughs> said his name he said really grudgy right name. right so <laughs> yeah no which yeah i definitely agree with that and i mean and i'm definitely in agreement with the kobe white pick that you know he's yeah. you know you don't need to bring you don't need to draft a point guard you don't need to bring a point guard um despite all the, there was a lot of skepticism around him to start the season but he definitely um showed that he was uh that he could be the guy so mm-hmm. i'm not just saying that because he's a north carolina guy but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i i'm in agreement with a lot of the, the only like i said the only thing in my mind that maybe would help them a little bit more is that they could get another big man but um because i think that would also bring another level of toughness if they can get a, like a bruising big man um but yeah no overall i like it all right yep so <laughs> next week we are going to be back with two more rebuilds um Probably the best team so far, the Trailblazers. I'm going to talk about what they need to do to get over the hump. And then we'll have a team to be determined for Eric and Connor to rebuild. So 
Hopefully, hopefully you guys go vote a, on Twitter. <laughs> well, hopefully it's a much easier situation than what we had last time with yeah. the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably pick yeah. I'll probably pick some a little bit better teams. Um, so we'll have, it, <laughs> we'll have it kind of comparable to the to the Trailblazers. So yeah, so that's what's uh, that's what's going to be coming up in the next couple weeks. So hopefully, you guys, stay tuned in for that. And that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Almost an hour exactly. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, take care and remember, be clutch. Bye. See ya. Hey.